Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The topic today has caused many to stand on one side of the aisle or the other on this wonderful truth of God. As a disciple of Jesus, the work of God is carried out in and through your life as you interact with every person you encounter on your journey. As you encounter them, whether known or unknown, you have no idea what God's purpose and plan will be for you or them, that is, until you walk in it. Then you'll see the Spirit of God's power and moving you as Ephesians 2.10 comes alive in you. How you perceive the work God ordains for your life really does matter because the way you respond confirms whether or not God the Holy Spirit is alive and working in and through you. You got your tanks. Let's dive in. This segment is titled Discipleship the Way of Life. How do you work? Can we agree, even with the consideration of the road overloaded with cars, there's a high probability that most traffic jams are caused because most people don't like where they work. So they're in no hurry to get there. Could it be the same for the end of the day and the traffic jams as most people don't like where they live and they ain't in any hurry to get there either? Just stop and think for a moment of all the people you come into contact with who are not happy or satisfied in their existence. Yes, they may blame their job, conditions, home life, and environment, but the truth, it's more than that. It's really what's deep down inside of them, under the skin. I'm not just talking about their home life or work life. I'm talking about their total existence, which is the substance of their being. Have you ever taken some time to just look at those passing by? Have you ever looked at their faces with real purpose and intentionality? Or do you just see them as someone that happened to be in your immediate proximity since you have no need for them, you just let them pass right on by? Could your encounters have a genuine divine purpose? Have you ever considered that perspective? And when it comes to the time where you interact with them, what if it's God's will and plan that's the cause for the encounter? Most importantly, what's God's perspective on these beings interacting with each other? Would it be different if they would be a benefit to you? wherein both lives are being blessed in and through God himself? Listen to what Jesus says to his disciple John in John 6, 27. Do not work for food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you, for on him the Father, God, has set his seal. You would think Jesus didn't get it by saying, do not work for food. I mean, we gotta work, we gotta eat. Everyone needs a J-O-B in order to eat, right? And this would be the deception of the devil that would cause many to tune God out right here because the devil's goal is to make your J-O-B an idol and consume your life. And if he does, you can count on distractions designed to minimize or eliminate your usefulness to God as his disciple. So hang in there. What Jesus is saying is very profound in John 6:26. You must eat, no question. But don't allow what you do to be the driving force so much so it consumes you as its meal and you become the one swallowed up. Do you know of anybody where the signs of their J-O-B's consumption is written all over them? 
they cannot or will not and refuse to see it and accept it as they continue to ignore all the warning signs as they turn into a spiritual bag of bones? Jesus says, in other words, is eternal work you do is in the spiritual realm, not the physical. Your spiritual service of worship, as Romans 12, 1 testifies, is the relational aspect of your spirituality. These are the relationships that are created in and by the Spirit. Yes, some acquaintances may and could be temporal. Yet, there are many that God creates that are eternal, and you surely can distinguish the differences, that is, if you're living in and by the Spirit. Let me ask you, remember the Zoom era where the primary means of communication and everybody was Zooming? Well, it did open a lot of new communication channels, no question, and many are now utilizing it as a function of communication. But there's, but this is my point. I was on a Zoom call with some men I just met. We were all in different places, different time zones, yet there was a spiritual connection. My responsibility as a disciple of Jesus, because I knew where my heart was, I didn't know these men. And yet the truth of God came through me by means of the spiritual gift according to the grace given to me by God, and I exercised that by using my gift of exhortation. And when we as disciples of Jesus are alive and the Spirit's occupation is in us, and that would be his presence and his work, our lives have so much more significance than the physical they ever produce. Once you learn, understand, and apply the sheer power of spiritual life God promises to give to his disciples, you'll understand this physical life has no power at all. And the more you live by the Spirit, and the Spirit lives in you, the physical realm becomes less and less significant in and to your spiritual existence. Your spiritual life is your spiritual service of worship. Your work is in your instructing spirit to spirit on the truths of God. And as they have been listening to human wisdom and using human wisdom, you're bringing the truths of God in the spirit. As you work and the spirit of God works in and through you, your spiritual work is advising on the promises of God, which are contrary to the world's and humanity's worldviews. As the Spirit of God moves in you in love, you love. And haven't you learned that the human wisdom would tell you that love is an action word? And it's an action word, of course, because God is love and God moves, so therefore love is an action word. Your action is love, and you move. And the moving is the doing and the working. I'm just asking, are you stationary or are you being moved? And by the way, you will know when the Spirit is moving in and through you. Believe that. And as you love and move, that action is the work, according to the one with the capital O that's greater than Solomon, and that's an eternal love. And it's not just a great meal at a great place. Your love is flowing, God's love is flowing, in combination a meshing of love, and then you live out this love because you know and understand how God loves you. Your spiritual work is to console anyone and everyone God leads to you or you to them. Do you console? Forgiveness is work. Because if you're living in the Spirit, you'll never forgive. 
And there's a human function that cannot be completed because forgiveness is a work of God and the flesh is incapable of possessing that loving attribute of God. It takes the power of God and the work of God in the spirit to truly and fully forgive others for their trespasses. Jesus was also saying in John 6, 26, but for the food which endures to eternal life. Jesus is talking about the substance that comes from your spiritual nutritional regimen, not just the simplicity of eating a Snickers to satisfy your physical cravings and then it's gone and over a period of time you're back at the fridge. No, Jesus is talking about lasting spiritual interaction, work, that is not based on your hunger pains which drive your physical behaviors. He's talking about the forever flowing fullness in and through God that permeates in and through you, my fellow disciples, and it lasts forever. Wouldn't you want to live with the wholesome spiritual work God promises in his love and faithfulness to do your spiritual work as his disciple? This physical life and all is attached to it is only the housing or conduit that contains God's spirit. Therefore, the only real existence that lasts forever is your spirit, God, and his word. Do you believe that, my fellow disciples? The main focus of our lives as a disciple of Jesus is not on this earthly food, which is quite more than your peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It includes the articles, possessions, pleasures that the evil world is offering. Those things, all of them will perish. Food rots, cars rust, trips end, and the mortal body decays. Haven't you been to a funeral and looked at a nicely dressed corpse and said, Oh, they look so nice, but... They're not there. They're gone. All of it. All of it is temporary. You should not, heck must not, have these temporal things as your first and foremost consideration, which becomes the driver, your aim and focus of your desires and interests. Placing the value of your significance in this worldliness would be truly reckless and detrimental to your spiritual wellness and eternity, believe it or not. You want to know how God moves in his disciples. Check this out. It makes me think of a story about a man who was in the wilderness and needed shelter, water, and food. He came across an area, a large collection of trees, had good leaves and branches, makes for perfect shelter, and wood for heat and cooking. Further down was a freshwater stream and fish. So the man had shelter, water, and food, and he thinks to himself, God is great. What a blessing. After a period of time, though, he approached the stream one day, and the water level was down about a third, and he thought, hmm, but still had water and fish, so he gathered and went back. Sometime later, the stream was now two-thirds down. He didn't even need a net. He just reached out and got the fish by hand, scooped up his water, and back to the shelter he went. Well, one day came, and there was no water and no fish. What would you think the first thoughts of the man would be? Oh, my goodness. I must have done something wrong. God removed his blessing. I mean, he had all he needed, right? And God took it away. Or was God blessing him by removing? Oh. See, the man would have never moved because he had all the things he thought he needed to survive. Yet God has a different plan for this man. And it took God's work of shutting off the stream and eliminating the fish, food and water, before the man would look back at the shelter and know that this isn't a great place to live anymore. 
because God made the stream, he knew where it was, he put the fish there, and led the wandering man to it. Therefore, sometimes God causes changes, and for the changes he desires for you to live. Do you trust him that he knows what the perfect plan is for your life? By eliminating the water, what the man depended on as his source of life, brought a reality to the man that it was not just happenstance that he found this wonderful location that it was actually the work of Jehovah Jireh as his provider. Do you see God as your Jehovah Jireh, the provider of your needs, both physically and spiritually? Or do you think it's all you that has brought forth all of this as you view your portfolio? The action of moving both physically and spiritually are in unison because the Spirit is housed in the body, and at conception, God infused them together so they work as one. And it is necessary for the man to find the new work of God that he planned and intended for him to live out in his spiritualness. Do you see the changes in your life as God, as the provider who's moving you, versus God taking away the some things you seem to treasure so dearly? What if God's plan through his work is to move you to a new harvest field to you to work in his kingdom plan of redemption? And you, my fellow disciple, are the one he chooses for the task. What a blessing! Or move someone through to your harvest field you're working in and they interact with you. What a blessing! Keep your mind on this. Even the most effective disciples are moved by God. So his gospel will spread by those who have his word, love, truths, and commands written on the tablets of their hearts. God is working, and he's working all things together for good, as Romans 8.28 testifies and confirms. Do you believe this truth of God is working all things together for good? Please believe there are so many who do not know the truth about the only true God and Jesus Christ who he sent. I'm getting tied up because I want to say so many things about this. God is love. And in love, compassion, and mercy, he called you out of darkness to complete the work of discipleship in this dark and evil world where he plants you, where he moves you. You must believe that all you do in your work has some element of spirituality intertwined in it because everyone you interact with is another spiritual being, are they not? The truth. Remember what God said through his disciple John in John 4, 4. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So if you're going to worship God, you're worshiping him in the spirit. Your spiritual service of worship. Your spiritual work is in a physical aspect of your spiritual existence. Then you are worshiping God by how you work in the spirit. There are those that believe they need to work their way to God and God will see the sweat of their brow and the aches and pains of their labor, see them as good and allow him into his presence. But if your work is for only yourself and all your focus and efforts are on the physical things of life, then you're only working in the physical, thinking the physical will bring you spiritual fulfillment when in actuality, the spiritual fulfillment only comes from God. The simple truth 
What you do, your work is directed by God, the Holy Spirit, and you become a vessel by God to bring the good news of good things. Remember I mentioned Ephesians 2.10 in the intro? This is what it says. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. As a disciple of Jesus, you are created by God in Jesus, and you become God's poema. You're a living poem of God's work uniquely being carried out in and through you, my fellow disciple. God specifically made you. No one is exactly like you. You are deliberately purposed. God has specific work for you to complete. And you are lovingly placed by God, and not everybody goes to the same place. So you must bloom where you are planted because not all disciples gather at the same well. Therefore, God creates opportunities for you to be in the right place at the exact moment for the will of God to be carried out in your life and his purpose and plan for you and the person have been ordained to meet. Believe that. Who are you sitting at next to on the airplane? Did you ever find out or... Did you just ignore them? And see, it would be that you would think you would be focusing on maybe your preparational work and da 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 read a book, you know, relax. But then there's a human spirit right next to you and you just ignore them. It's everywhere you go. It's everything you do. Do it all. Now, there are numerous examples of God's truth and God's word, of course, but I will only name a few and we're talking about Jesus. It's always where you have to go. Always go there. That is my message. Go to Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He is the king. He is the one that everything has been made for. That's your Colossians 1 again. But we'll share a personal experience to prove to you that God's word is true. It's living and active. God the Holy Spirit still completes God's divine purpose, will and work in and through his disciples today. And in preparation for this Godcast, it will have just been a few days before this work of God actually happened in my life. And I guess because I'm doing the Godcasting and God is responding and he's moving, then he's going to prove it. And he did. And I am on fire. Excuse me. I need to mellow down just a little bit. I am testifying to this truth and work of God. Now, as promised, here are a few examples of Jesus' work and his doing as he walked on this planet. Jesus' work involved healing the blind, right? He's making disciples. He healed the sick, the injured, the infirm. He raised the dead. He can control the elements. He, he healed a hemorrhaging woman, a blind man on the road, a young man lowered down through a roof. Uh, he met a man in a tree and a woman at a well. Jesus was never stationary. He was moving, led by the Spirit of God all of which demonstrated the work and power of God the Holy Spirit in and through Jesus' life. These works are the evidence of the work and power of God the Holy Spirit. Does your work, your life, have the evidence of God's work being carried out in and through your life? Or is what you do each day just a result of your own prowess and effort? How many times have you ever prayed and asked God to a complete his work in you since you are his workmanship. And because you did, how many times did God move because you lived in anticipation of God carrying out his will and you are an active participant in God's work of salvation in someone's life that you encountered on your path of life? 
I know the initial disciples had to because they saw the work of Jesus. Heck, they lived it. And you, my fellow disciples, are the ones reading about all of this work. Oh, well, that is if you're reading his word. If you're not, then you would not know it. And therefore, you're not going to live it. You're not going to understand it. And it's not going to be a part of who you are. So therefore, you either have the spirit or you don't. NGA. But they imitated Jesus's work and lives were changed because of what they were doing. Their work as a disciple of Jesus. Are you leaving living examples of being a disciple of Jesus for all you encounter? Remember, easy to say, yep, but Jesus said, I'll be the judge of that. You have never found the initial disciples just standing around idle and waiting, ensuring that they were doubled on sure that they satisfied their needs, wants, and desires while I still have time. That is until the time God ordained their last breath and then hooray, heaven. You must believe if the spirit is moving, then you'll be moving. I am testifying to the truth. So the truth of the word, if you ain't spiritually moving, then you should know the answer to that. The disciples of Jesus work heartily in spreading the gospel and disciple making. And this work of Jesus in making disciples has been going on ever since. Are you intentional and purposeful in your work God has ordained for you? Are you spreading the gospel and making disciples? Jesus lived out his mission and he commands his disciples to that commission to go and make disciples. Jesus demonstrated disciple making by how he lived and we were left a perfect model to imitate. That's the working and doing of God in and through your life as his disciple who makes disciples. Now, for the truth of the Spirit's work in me, check out this wonderful work of God that occurred a few days before the work of this Godcast. Please understand, this is the second time involving me and two different people in two different places on different days at different times within a seven-day period of each other that God-planned work was completed in and through my life. Praise God. My participation work was in the doing. Please believe I'm not the originator of it. God made me his active participant in his will through the power, work, and intentionality of God the Holy Spirit, and Ephesians 2.10 came alive in me. I would love that you would be testifying that this wonderful work of God has come alive in you. It is unbelievable. And that's why I believe with all my heart, soul, mind, and spirit that what God says he means and what it happens, it happens because he ordains it to happen and it's in his will. And it should be just like he said it would. I'm telling you the truth. My assignment was to take the company vehicle to be serviced way overdue oil change. I intended to go at 0800 and beat the crowd, you know. And I was making my spouse's breakfast and the first delay hit. Suddenly, God, the Holy Spirit, provided him with inspiration about the Godcast. And I want you to know, I had no idea what was about to happen in my life. Believe that. But God's plans and purpose for his disciples are set in motion way before they come into fruition. And when God interrupted my thoughts and actions, it interrupted my, it was like, whoa, wait a minute. So I move. And when God completes this action, I immediately stop what I'm doing. And that's my moving to get a pen and paper because I believe what God has to say at a particular moment is more important to me than anything else I'm doing. And by moving, my faith is activated and God moves. 
And that's how I know it's God at work because I'm focused on being careful to slice the cucumber and not slice off my thumb. What God intends for me to fix my mind on and that thought disrupts my current thought pattern, I've come to learn that process is directed by God the Holy Spirit. Well then the second delay happened when I was putting my written notes on paper to the computer. I received a phone call from a fellow disciple God yoked us up several months ago and D-Tank and I were chopping it up on a usual spiritual conversation. As the conversation was going on for several minutes, suddenly I glanced over at the clock and blurred out, hey I gotta go, I need to get the oil changed in a company vehicle. I got ready in a flash dashed to the office, grabbed the keys, headed to the facility where the company vehicle was supposed to be serviced, and I rounded the corner of the oil change facility, and there was a man standing, oh, about 10 feet over there, and, and his back was to me, and he was on his phone, and the man's shirt was the first thing I saw. He was wearing a gray t-shirt with writing on the back in white letters, and a passage of scripture was in orange. Now, if you're like me, whenever or wherever I am, and I see God's written word, I gotta stop and read it. I mean, to me, it's God's billboard, is it not? And that's what I believe anyway. And how many times do tell was his word on a physical or human billboard right on time? So maybe sometimes you should read them. There you have it. God's word is living and active. The passage on the t-shirt was a snippet of the passage. What it said under it was, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 was written underneath it. Well, first, ten, first excuse me. And all excited again, 1 Corinthians 10.31 says in its entirety, whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Now, both bays or shop are full, so I hop out of my vehicle and approach the man. Why? I'm telling you, I just moved. Now I know I was living out a Psalm 139.16 in Ecclesiastes 3.1 moment, but I had no idea at the moment. The gentleman finishes his call and, and I introduce myself. I begin to testify that his shirt is God's confirmation for me for what I have the wor this week's Godcast. And I told him about the Godcast. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't listen to podcasts. I, I don't have any means because I deleted the app from my phone. Well, I had to show him anyway because I am so thankful and grateful for what God's word and work is being carried out and through my life. You must believe that. Are you thankful and grateful for God's word and work being carried out in and through your life? So we shook hands and parted and he left his vehicle. I went inside the facility. I was patiently waiting, sipping on my coffee. It was pretty good. And for the vehicle to be completed. And then what happened next into this amazing category of God's work in and through humanity. And God making his word and work come alive in his disciples to build their faith, trust, and confidence in him. And I know the initial disciples felt the same way I did and do. And his sovereign will is true. And it happens just as he wills it. The oil place phone rings. I hear it. I pay no attention because I don't work there. And there's a normal course of business. Suddenly, the attendant calls out a name, and the name is the same as mine, but, you know, that's not unusual. I know I'm not the only one in the world with that name, but the next thing you know, she calls it out again and looks directly at me and says, did you have a conversation with the gentleman in our lot? I responded, yes, ma'am. She said, well, he's on the phone asking for you. Believe me, I could have not planned this event. All I can say is, but God. You want to be encouraged? Spend some time and read Second Corinthians, a uh, correction, 1 Corinthians 2.9. It's true, my fellow disciples, it's true. When I answered, he said he believed God sent me to him and he needed prayer. Imagine that. We were two strangers meeting at a particular time and space, both proclaiming the same truth of God. God sent me to you. That was the message. 
God is so amazing, is he not? So I called him later. We talked about an hour. I prayed for him and God was glorified in both our lives. Now, one of the things he had mentioned, he'd been unemployed for 16 and a half months. Did our encounter change his current circumstance? No. But he now will look to God in faith, pray for strength and power to endure and persevere his trial that he's living in at this exact moment in time. Now, I will testify, I had no idea, no knowledge this man existed before our meeting. If I go to the place at 0800, as I initially planned, we don't meet. If I just don't go, because it's later than I planned, we don't meet. But I went and realized our delays to our plans are in perfect timing with God. All I can say is, God is amazing. And by the way, the cliff note, there was some delays in the other meeting too, and it ended up to be exactly where I needed to be, exactly at the time God planned. Believe that. Can I get an amen for the wonderful work of God, especially for his truth of Ephesians 2.10 and Psalm 139.16 and Ecclesiastes 3.1 being truth that comes alive in our lives today? God's grace, love, light, spirit are all at work because God is always working. Believe that. In the essence of this truth, God's will, purpose, and plans are carried out in the lives of his disciples. It has to be. How else would God's truths pass from generation to generation? So my suggestion, if you love reading God's word and you like memorizing, memorize Psalm 139.16 and Ecclesiastes 3.1. So when God the Holy Spirit leads you, he desires for your beautiful feet to walk in the presence of those who are in need of hearing his truth. Are you heading their way? God's word is the only means because it makes you adequate and equipped. I was referencing 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. If you know that word, that's another good memory verse. Excuse me, adequate and equipped for teaching, adequate and equipped for reproof, adequate and equipped for correction, adequate and equipped for profitable for training and righteousness. So if God is going to make you adequate and equipped and profitable, then why wouldn't you use it? That's your work as a disciple of Jesus to teach on the truths of God. Now, don't go falling for the deception of the devil and say, oh, you're not a teacher. I, I didn't know. I just never really could. They, see, that's deception. Don't believe that. You have the Spirit of God living in you. You are a teacher of God's Word because the most powerful, best ever teacher resides in you. And you are a vessel, right? You're His workmanship. You're going to do it. Don't fall for the faint. You can because you have the most powerful and effective teacher of all teachers. God. And God is living in you. Do you believe? Besides, you prepare for your J-O-B. Why not for your work as a disciple. To solidify this truth of God, working in and through the lives of his disciples, I'll call your attention to Philippians 2.13, which says, For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So who is it? It is God who is at work in you. So who is it? It's God, right? Now I'll give you another NGA. It's either God working in you or Satan working in you. Believe that. Remember, God's Spirit occupies his disciples. So, the truth? That must mean that Satan occupies his. And in a Philippians 2.13 context, sounds like to me, God's the author of the events. And you have no idea of their existence, that is, 
until you walk in them. Isn't that what Ephesians 2.10 and Philippians 2.13 are testifying and confirming about the lives of all of Jesus' disciples? Can anyone testify to meeting someone they had no idea existed before the exact moment you met them? And although many would say, oh, that's crazy, man. Oh, whoa, that's fate. Oh, karma. Coincidence, happenstance, or luck. You can call it whatever you want. When in actuality, it's God who's at work in you and them all along. I believe when Jesus' disciples live God's gospel everywhere they journey, it truly brings pleasure to God. Listen to this magnificent truth of God, which he said to his disciple Solomon in Proverbs 15, verse 16. My son, if your heart is wise, my own heart will also be glad. And my inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak what is right. Because now, as the Spirit of God has come in, you got a new heart. Remember that, uh, Ezekiel 36. God is saying your heart will be wise because his word is written on the tablet of your heart. And God's truths, word, and commands will be in your mind. And then God's wisdom will come off your lips. And therefore, when it does, his inmost being will rejoice. And as a result, God will see the hardest heart softened, hope overshadowing despair, love overpowering hate, peace extinguishing violence, unity terminating division, blessing replacing cursing, forgiveness and of forgiveness abolishing debt, excuse me, and good conquering evil. Don't you think God would be pleased that his ways, will, love, attributes, testimony, and commands are lived out to the fullest by his disciples? I mean, really, don't you get pleasure watching your children, nieces and nephews, grandchildren, or other children you may know live in the truth of God and the righteousness of God versus the lies, deceit, and deceitful schemes of the devil? Now the truth, by the power and work of God the Holy Spirit, God's ways, will, love, attributes, testimony, and commands— and this way of life God promises to occur in the lives of his disciples as they work become possible because all things are possible with God. As we head back up, take this with you. Preaching God's word is the work of God the Holy Spirit in and through your spiritual being. It's totally the work of God through his love, mercy, and grace that he enters into your space and time to complete his work, just like at the oil place. Stop placing so much emphasis and focus and effort on what's perishing and live in the spirit and focus on what's imperishable. Look forward to what God's work will be in your life today. When will you begin the work of making disciples? Listen to what Jesus says in John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do. Well, first question I have is, do you believe him? And listen to the words, the works do he will do greater works he will do sounds like there's work involved 
So I don't know if you're believing the deception that you ain't got to do anything. But I'm going to tell you, if God is working, then his disciples are imitating him and they're working. Are you working? Because if you're wondering why these greater works that God promised would happen aren't happening in and through you, in your life, then the truth, simple truth, you must not believe in him. Let me pray for you. Abba, I love you and thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, thank you for freeing my spiritual being from the bondage and captivity of sin. I know that there was a time that the work I was doing was all self-serving and I was just doing it to make myself feel better, more powerful, more respectful and looking for others' recognition. It was not until the work of your hand that created my new life to be a life that would be a laborer and a worker you have carried out in and through your work in my life and my work in my life has become pleasing in your sight when I know there was a time where it was despicable. And now I work because your spirit is alive, living and working in me, giving me the opportunity to live out this wonderful work of discipleship you planned before I was ever born. Just the thought of you would allow me to live out this amazing blessing of new life that comes in and through Jesus completely humbles me. Yet I am so thankful for your steadfast love, mercy, and grace, and thank you, Jesus, for your life in providing the way to the Father. Abba, I know there are so many people hurting today, and they are without hope. They lack faith, fail to trust in you. They're directionless and wandering aimlessly. Send forth your spirit on the lives of those that desperately need to be saved. You heard the witness heart yesterday. And she expressed in her heart and felt for the daughter who is lost, who is captive and bound by the devil in sin, living a life of drug addiction, prostitution, and isolation from her and you. Please release her. I ask this in Jesus' name, that you would, in love and mercy, free her from the darkness and sin so she can experience the freedom of deliverance that comes in and by your spirit. Send forth your spirit on her today. And allow mom to see the wonder of your work that is carried out in and through your disciples. There may be someone else listening today that has the same hope of deliverance for their loved one and you would bring forth your deliverance in their life and that family can be reunited in the love you have said that we have in and through you empower all of your disciples to move into the lives of those that in their spiritual space that need to hear the wonderful truth and work of your hands by your spirit empower them to work as your disciples bringing the gospel with them wherever you lead them i know there are many that are being deceived to believe that the work you have done in the lives of your disciples only happened then and no longer being carried out today. That is farthest from the truth. Demonstrate your power and pour forth your spirit on them today. I love, I can testify as your disciple that your spirit is alive and working today. Your word is true, your work is true, 
Your life is true, your spirit is true, and you are the only true God. And I am totally thankful and grateful for your listening, responding, and acting on the prayers that come to you by your spirit that dwells in me. I ask these things in love and hope, and in Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great week of worship and keep walking the way.